Redbox Media Programming is brought to you by... This is Tim Staples of Catholic Answers. I'm excited to let you know that I also teach high school apologetics for homeschoolconnections.com, an online Catholic curriculum provider. There are also recorded independent learning courses at homeschoolconnections.com. Whether you take apologetics with me, literature with Joseph Pierce, or philosophy with Bill Donahue, or any of the other 400-plus courses with homeschoolconnections.com, it's a great way to get Catholic learning for your family. This episode is brought to you by Hallow, the number one Catholic app. Hallow has 1,000 audio-guided prayers and meditations for you to deepen your relationship with God. To listen to all of the Hallow meditations for free for 30 days, head to hallow.com slash breadbox. Hello and welcome to Real Living. This is Lavinia Spirito with Mary Lou Nemechek. And we are in Holy Week. So praise the Lord. Holy Week has finally arrived. That was a long Lent. Uh, I'm just glad we're at the end of Lent as opposed to the beginning of Lent or even in the middle of Lent where you don't think this thing is ever going to end, right? Right. Um, I must say I'm always looking forward to especially to Wednesday of Holy Week, which is when we're taping this. Uh, it'll be posted later on today. Hopefully uh, our listeners will have a chance to listen to it and, you know, for the rest of Holy Week for, as a perhaps an inspiration to go deeper. Now, Holy Week obviously is the holiest week of the of the week of the year. I mean, some people think it's Christmas, but actually it's Easter because it details, of course, the passion of the Lord. Now, the word passion comes from the Latin patior, uh, which is a reflexive verb, which means to feel, or it, it has to do with emotion. It has to do with uh, feeling with, and we've applied it to suffering, but it has to do, it ha- it's related very closely to the root of the word patience. And it has to do with um, us basically walking alongside our Lord Jesus in the last week of his life. Now, remember, traditionally, Monday, he comes into Bethany and there's the woman with the alabaster jar. Tuesday, he cleanses the temple. Remember, this is just traditionally speaking with the events of the, each day of Holy Week. Wednesday is, of course, um, it's it's an empty day in terms of what happened. But we do know that uh, in our beautiful uh, Catholic tradition, we have the service of Tenebre. Tenebre in Latin means shadows or darkness or obscurity. And uh, the Tenebre service is a beautiful service. If you've never been, it'll be tonight. So if you're listening to this today, Holy Wednesday or Wednesday of Holy Week, you will go to the church and there will be a beautiful candelabra with 12 candles in ascending in, in a V with the G, with the Christ candle in the middle. And after each of the reproaches of Jesus taken straight out of the scriptures, um, there will be an extinguishing of the candle so that the, at the end, uh, the church is in darkness. It usually obviously takes place at night. So that's just a beautiful, we're going to probably describe that a little bit more. And then, of course, uh, Maundy Thursday, as it says in English, or Holy Thursday, okay. which commemorates the um, the Last Supper and the Good Friday. So, of course, Jesus is arrested on Thursday evening. On Good Friday, he is uh, scourged and put to death. 
on Holy Saturday, he is in the tomb. And on Easter Sunday morning, he rises from the dead on his own power. So that's kind of how Holy Week is structured. In our diocese on Tuesday or Wednesday, um, usually Tuesday, the bishop is want to consecrate the Holy Chrism, the the oils that will be used throughout the year for baptism, uh, um, confirmation, confirmation and holy order. So like anything uh, that needs a special anointing, there'll be this consecration of the special special chrism oils. If you've uh, been in some churches, sometimes they'll display little vials of oil on glass shelves behind a glass counter so you can see um, what the oils are are in case you've ever wondered what they are okay um i know that we're still in the tail end of the pandemic i mean at least i hope we're in the tail end of the pandemic um we're still in a time where people are afraid to to kind of you know go in 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 larger groups and they're afraid to get out perhaps it depends on on who you are obviously uh, and how old you are and what your level of vulnerability is but it certainly is um, good to go and, and see if you can attend any of these uh, services that the Ch- Mother Church proposes for us for Holy Week. What are you going to do this week, Mary Lou? Well, I will be going to Tenembrae, uh this evening, which is one of my favorite things to go to. And it, if, if you are going to it, and I'm not sure whether it's full or not, um, it doesn't start until 8 o'clock. So as you said, you know, this is an evening service that you go to. And if you've been to church um, recently, I know sometimes many people are, are still attending mass via the, the Zoom process. But, you know, when you go into church from, um, you know, at, at Passion Tide, they covered the statues. Mm-hmm. So they're all in the purple. So you know that you're entering a time in the church where something is going to be happening. And... Um, there's no flowers or anything. So it kind of sets the scene. And that's what's so nice about the church is that you have things that you can easily observe that leads you into this. And um, uh, I know for growing up as a Catholic many years ago, and you probably remember this, Lavinia, where you you couldn't even be married during Lent. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. Lent such a special time that that things that you would normally be doing would not be done during Lent. Including uh, viewing perhaps beautiful art or crucifixes or statues, which the ones of our Lord are veiled to heighten our senses to um, basically the Roman Missal says in the diocese of the United States, the practice of covering crosses and images throughout the church from the fifth Sunday of Lent may be observed. Crosses remain covered until the end of the celebration of the Lord's Passion on Good Friday, but images remain covered until the beginning of the Easter Vigil. Isn't that interesting? So it's um, it's um, in Germany, there was a tradition to veil the altar from view throughout all of Lent. So the idea of covering up beautiful art and beautiful things and images of our Lord has to do with the fact that this is a different week. You know, it's like to, to borrow a, a phrase from our Jewish brothers and sisters, uh, the, the youngest at a Passover service says, why is this night different from all other nights? Well, we might ask, why? <laughs> why is, is our church looking different because of 
the fact that these things are veiled. But it's really in a certain way to kind of illustrate the fact that Jesus is going through this process and we are remembering, we are marking this process and where the church uses the veiling to produce a heightened sense of anticipation for Easter Sunday. It's actually even recommended in homes. And I always say I'm going to do it and then I always forget. So maybe I'll remember this year, seeing as I still am in time to do it. So that's kind of like it. And then what are you going to do after the Tenebrae this week, Mary Lou? Well, I'm going to go to uh, Holy Thursday Mass on Thursday. Services on Good Friday. I'm going to the three o'clock service. There's two services, one at three and one at seven, I believe. Mm-hmm. Now, the Easter Vigil is something that starts Saturday evening. I will not be attending that, but I will be at Mass on Easter Sunday. So um, a lot a lot of church time uh, mm-hmm. this week. Well, and, and whatever, what better week to do it, right? Yeah, and a, a group of us may try to um, do the Stations of the Cross Um, ourselves too so anything to focus anything to to you know remember this because if it wasn't for what went on in holy week we would have no church we would have nothing nothing we wouldn't have the opportunity to enter into heaven (laughs) right we wouldn't have anything and christmas is just sets the scene for all of this because we are blessed that jesus decided to come into the world and and become human and divine and it's just you know there just isn't a better story to be told mm-hmm. this is the 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 when you when you think about the kerygma so like the story of salvation right god created us for himself uh one two we we sinned and we re- we rejected him and put ourselves basically in the hands of the evil one of the prince of this world, right? We gave him the keys to the kingdom. From us being the stewards of the earth, he is now, he's in charge, right? Because we invited him in. Um, But this is the third leg of the kerygma, the part where we get rescued. Father John Ricardo talks about Jesus on the cross is suffering and dying, but he's actually effecting a rescue of humanity from sin and death. He's blowing death up from the inside out. It's again, I can't listen to any of this stuff without thinking about C.S. Lewis's Chronicles of Narnia, you know, the Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe, where Aslan, the figure of Jesus, allows himself to be killed by the wicked witch and her minions. All the while, the wicked witch does not know or is unaware of the deep magic before time, you know, the deep magic of the emperor over the sea that says that if an innocent victim willingly sacrifices themselves for a guilty party, that death will start unraveling and working backwards. And that's just only C.S. Lewis could come up with that kind of image, right? To really explain to us how Jesus rescued humanity from bondage to sin and death. Uh, the image is, that is used is, um, that Father Ricardo uses, is uh, imagine that we've been slave trafficked and we're in somebody's basement in chains and there's no hope of rescue. And then all of a sudden, we, and there's no way we can rescue ourselves, right? We're in bondage. We're, we're enslaved to an evil master who wants to sell us into slavery, right? Or take advantage of us or whatever, or abuse us 
or kill us or torture us or whatever all the bad things that we can think of. And there is no hope of salvation. You haven't been able to call anybody. Nobody knows where you are. There's no hope, right? And then all of a sudden, the black boots of the SWAT team come in and the SEALs come in and whoever it is that you think your military hero is come in and they blow the place up and they rescue you and you are rescued and you didn't think you had any hope and now you do because you have been rescued by this completely unanticipated uh, miracle of rescuing and that is um, kind of what I think of when I think about Holy Week and, and Good Friday you know it's Jesus rescuing us and blowing death up from the inside out Wait, can I share with you from Father Dwight Longnecker's book Immortal Combat where um, he calls Jesus the the secret son mm-hmm. who's going to penetrate this vile pit and shatter it from the inside out and he talks about the people of the lie that took the secret son and fed him into the mouth of Muwak. He, he slid into that hellish gullet and the dark lord of death devoured him just as quickly as Muwak had devoured the innocent children of Israel so many centuries before. But there was a trick in store that Satan could not have predicted. The secret son is the son of God and God is the source of all that is. He is life itself. When Jesus Christ was devoured by Moloch, the dark Lord unwittingly swallowed the Lord of life and and so consumed the seed of his own destruction. The Lord of death, the great Moloch, collapsed from the inside out. The dark star exploded. Wow. And that's I love that because mix all the metaphors. That's Star Wars. (laughs) Oh, yeah. He's he's got them all in here. But, you know, he he. and he goes on to say the bonds of death were broken by him who was bound. He became the sin of the world, and in so dying, the sin of the world died. The victim became the victor, and it was only by becoming the victim that he could become the victor. I mean, it's just wonderful insights into this mystery. And, um, you know, it goes on and on. I mean, I just, it's one of these the parts in this book that's, all marked in yellow because it's something I'm going to keep going back to because, you know, he goes on to tell us how death was defeated. The sins were set free. The sin of the world was taken away forever. But he says the key battle has been won, but now the mopping up operation needed to begin. The pattern was now established for the continuing war against the dark Lord of this world. The pattern is simple to understand, but difficult to put into practice is simple and as difficult as becoming a saint. Amen. Now, isn't that something to ponder? Did you reference the book you read from? Um, it's Father Dwight Longenecker's book, Immortal Combat, Confronting the Heart of Darkness. Mm-hmm. You've read it. I've read it. It's one of my favorite books. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it details the spiritual warfare that is basically the legacy of all Christians, right? Of everybody in the world. Right. We're fighting that battle, right? And that's this is basically, in a certain sense, the pinnacle of uh, the battle, right? The victory between light, the the contest between light and darkness that has occurred every day and every moment since uh, the fall is consummated here in Easter week, uh, with of course the pinnacle being the resurrection, where Jesus um, emerges from the tomb victorious, having crushed bondage to death and sin, and 
the great part is what I love about it is that it wasn't just him flying in like a superhero and then just flying out and sorry about your luck guys. I'm a superhero. You're not. He became, he was a superhero. Well, obviously he was much more than that, but I mean, he was so much farther above from us and yet he decided to condescend as, as, um, Augustine says, the the meaning of the Latin word condescendo means to descend to, right? And that's what he did. He became human as well as divine so that we in our humanity, as we participated with Adam's sin, just by being human, it, it got transmitted in the gene pool. So salvation would be transmitted to us when we accept Jesus as Lord and Savior, right? So that's why it was necessary for him to be human, uh, human right? It was, ne- it was never going to do for him to be kind of fake human or kind of partly human or even the Aryan um, imagination of Jesus, whereby he's like the number two, but he's still created. You know, he's just a really super, super, super uh, creature. No, only if the fullness of the Godhead took on flesh, was this going to work? And you know what? It worked, right? It worked. I will never forget the face of Anne Bancroft, the actress, who was a great actress. And she played the part of Mary Magdalene in Franco Zeffirelli's uh, Jesus of Nazareth, right? It came out in the 70s. Mm-hmm. And uh, she she plays it so well because she she's the first one to behold Jesus at the tomb at the day of the resurrection. She goes back to the apostles who are cowering in fear, still in the upper room. And she comes in very dramatically, opens the door and with a light in her face says, I have seen him. And then you could just, I love it because it cuts to the apostles and Peter's like rolling his eyes and the other guys are going (laughs) women. Really? How did you see him? What do you mean you saw him? You know, that kind of thing. But that's the kind of, um, of reaction that we should all have. You know, that look on your face, I have seen him. It is all true. It is all true. I don't know about you. If it's not all true, there's better it, things to do, you know? It is all true. And um, and I would, I would say this, that um, St. Thomas Aquinas, when he talks about all of this, he talks about what an example of love. You know, what what more love can you give than to die for all of us and to suffer that? And he he even ties it in with with offering prayer and sacrifice for the holy souls, because, you know, Christ went down to Shoal, Hades, however you want to say it, and rescued those people that were down there, like Mm -hmm. Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, all of them, Mm -hmm. and brought them out, opened up heaven for all of us. It's um, he freed us. I mean, that's. What a miracle that is. I don't know how many people really realize that, in fact, uh, the uh, the righteous who had died before the death of Jesus went into a holding place. They went right. into a waiting room. I mean, it was still, um, you know, the, the paradise of the fathers. And it was a, a certain sense of beatitude, but it was nothing compared to beholding the face of God, which is what he- heaven is. Well, there was a separation so that it, it couldn't have been the, the happy place that that, you know, we we may think, mm-hmm. but it certainly wasn't hell. But for them, but, you know, just to be detached from God, that separation, how how we have to long to never experience that. That's the whole point of this. 
-hmm. But um, St. Thomas Aquinas also says that you can't go through this without filling us with trust in God. If he did all this for us and he showed us everything as we go through each day, how can we not trust in him? Because there's nothing that he wouldn't do for us. Hard to grasp, but that's, you know, that's what we're called to do. And if you really go through this day by day and and really implore the Lord to open up your eyes to whatever he wants to give to you during this week, you'll be blessed. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm Absolutely. saying? Absolutely. Amen. Amen, sister. Preach it. Preach it. We, uh, we're going to conclude uh, this show, but we're going to keep our conversation going on Holy Week in our next show as well. So stay tuned for that. Um, remember that um, this is the chance that we have this week to really and truly dial down into what it means to belong to Jesus and what it means, what Jesus, the, mean, the true meaning of the sacrifice of Jesus. Uh, we would encourage you just to clear the decks um, remember that the triduum starts, the triduum is Latin for three days, starts on Holy Thursday. So Thursday, Friday, and Saturday are the three days that, believe it or not, are not in Lent. So this is the conclusion of Lent is Wednesday. Then there's a triduum, and then there's Easter Sunday. So um, hope and, and, and trust that Lent is over. Lent is over today, Holy Wednesday. So, and let's let us rejoice in the Easter Triduum that approaches. Thank you for joining us. Are you looking to serve God and society? Consider putting your gifts to work as a lawyer. Ave Maria School of Law has been educating faith-filled lawyers for over 20 years. Ave Maria School of Law is committed to training lawyers to use law appropriately around the moral issues of our time. Visit AveMariaLaw.edu to learn more about integrating your faith with a law degree.